Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? According to the poet, this world and all existing life is an illusion of sorts. As reality doesn't exist, philosophers refer to it as dream argument and dream hypothesis. What? What an interesting lesson! By the way, look at how there's a ray of sunshine coming through the curtains. That's so pretty. This kind of weather indeed puts you in such a dreamy mood, huh? Yeah, right. But remember, there is no rose without thorns. That sunshine may look glorious, but it will harm your eyes. Yeah, I know. The maids always tell me that sunlight is the enemy for me. For my beautiful, sensitive blue eyes. Looking at it once, and I'll never be able to see anything again. That's why I've never been allowed to leave this castle. My maids all look identical in those masks, don't they? When I was a child, of course, I once got curious and I pulled one of them off. As punishment, I was denied dessert for a whole week. And worse still, it wasn't worth it, as the maid's face was exceedingly ordinary. The masks looked far better. Anyway, I suppose all that matters is that they take great care of me. Each day they bring me food, water, and new clothes. I was sipping my leek and potato soup when I heard a scream. Let me out! Curious, I went and hid in a corner and saw two maids attempting to lock the screaming girl into a room. Hmm, I've never seen that girl in this castle before. I wonder if she's from the outside world. Poor her. It looks like she can't control herself. The world out there is scary. Perhaps it has sent her into madness. It's much safer here in the castle. I can play all day, paint, knit, and read. Oh, how peaceful. Hmm. But I still couldn't stop thinking about that poor girl. I wonder what will happen to her. The screaming didn't stop, and my curiosity got the best of me. So I snuck into the girl's room. Shh. Stop screaming. No one is listening. Uh, who are you? Uh, um, my name is... Mistress. What's yours? <laughs> Mistress isn't a name. Are you stupid? It's just a name. Everybody here calls me that. This girl was so stubborn. She seemed to be wary of everything. Poor little outside world girl. After much persistence, she told me that her name was Nora. I was about to ask her why she was here, when suddenly two maids appeared and dragged me away. Mistress, you should not interact with this wicked girl. And you mustn't be late for your embroidery class. <sighs> it was nice to finally get to talk to a girl my own age. And I must admit that given her brash nature, I found Nora rather interesting. During class, 
I kept thinking about how I could sneak out and see her again. Ah! Ouch! That annoying girl screaming made me prick my finger. I ran out to check on her, but the maids immediately blocked my way. Perhaps I could talk some sense into her. Trust me, the last time I spoke to her, she was acting totally normal. The desperate maids exchanged looks, then let me go to her. As predicted, when I approached Nora, she stopped screaming. Hey, it's Ariana. That's my real name. Screaming never works here. Just pretend you're listening to my words, then I'll help you out. The maids were quite surprised when Nora immediately calmed herself down and showed signs of following directions, so they let us be and left. We began to chat, and ever since then, the maids let me see Nora every day. She told me how before her mother died, she gave Nora an address to find her biological father, who she'd never met before. Nora's grandma helped her set up a meeting with him and took her to the meeting point. She was so nervous, but happy at the same time to finally meet her dad. And at first, he was as kind and charming as she imagined. But then unexpectedly, right after they said goodbye to her grandma, he brought Nora here and let those masked people lock her up. But you're fortunate to be here, as it's safe. No, it's not. That's just what they want you to believe. Then Nora told me about the outside world, about her friends, school, and shopping malls. Every day, she even drew me paintings of the outside world, of beautiful memories with her family, her mom who passed away, and also her dad, even though she only met him once. Family? What is that? All I'd ever known were the faceless maids. The next day when I visited Nora as usual, she suddenly told me, Sis, we need to get out of here. What do you mean? This is my home. No, it's not. It's a prison. Who on earth stays inside for 14 years, huh? It's because of my eyes. I'll go blind if I go out there. My maids only want the best for me. That's why they keep me here. Are you crazy? You've been tricked. Just think about it. Do you know who gave birth to you? And why did that person leave you with these people? Or are these people the ones who took you away from your mom? Don't you want to find out the truth? This was my home, wasn't it? But thinking about what Nora just said, as well as the outside world that she rambled about every day, I suppose it would be interesting to experience it for myself. I'd just have to try my best to protect my eyes. So... I snuck into the housekeeper's room and stole the front door key. As we approached the main hall leading to the door, we saw a masked woman standing by a man. In his arms was a young girl, deep asleep. Huh? Th that's my dad. What? Did he come to pick you up or something? Don't you see that they're all in the same boat? And she's the ringleader! I peered closer at them and spotted the masked woman's silver hair and luxurious dress. Isn't that my tester? She lives in the grand suite and visits me weekly to assess my learning and etiquette. Mom, how are you going to handle this case? Just leave her in the empty room at the end of the hallway. As for Nora, I think she'll settle in properly in a week or so. 
Then we can start her etiquette and culture lessons. Which Nora? Ah, I remember. Besides, you should restrict yourself a bit. Ariana, Nora, and now this child? Don't let the list of your illegitimate children be as long as your arm. Then you can just throw them away somewhere. Why bother raising them? They are my grandchildren, after all. They can't end up like those street rats. And who knows? They may become useful, but this has to be the last one. We can't risk Laura finding out about us. It would ruin our family's affluent name. Do you understand? I know, but fear not, as my wife is kind and foolish. She is completely clueless to these matters, thanks to your smart move. So, we were this heartless man's illegitimate children? And because of his deceit, he was forcing us to live in darkness? I don't want to be locked up and lied to any longer. We needed to escape. From then on, Nora kept her act up and behaved like an angel, which eventually led to us being allowed to study together. And today is the day. Oriana is having a convulsion! We must take her to the hospital as soon as possible! However, the maids called the doctor to come round here instead. No! The plan was to escape when we were taken outside. If the doctor came here, he'd discover that my rashes were painted on and our plan would be disclosed. Okay, plan B. I was still lying on the bed playing the whole role of a patient, while Nora locked the door of the room and went to the bathroom screaming. Help! There's a giant spider in here! As expected, the doctor went to check. Then Nora immediately locked him in. Then we quickly took the knotted string made of the fabrics and embroidery class out from under the bed and then escaped through the window. Ah! I got my head between my hands as soon as I landed. I didn't expect it to be so bright outside. It's burning my eyes, Nora! What? There's no time for your hysterics. You'll be done if you're stuck here anyway. Just open your eyes and run! Hurry up! But I'm scared! Huh? Nothing happened. My eyes seemed fine. But no time to celebrate as then I saw... Oh my god. A couple of maids were chasing after me. Nora pulled my hand and ran towards the garden. Fortunately, we were already out of their sight when... Woof! Woof! A huge hound appeared out of nowhere and growled at us. I crouched down in a bush and watched Nora wave the dog closer, and then pat him. What? Magic! The dog suddenly became unusually obedient and led us to a secret place. A dog-sized passageway! I hesitated, but seeing the maids gaining on us, I reluctantly squeezed through it real quick. I can't believe I'm putting my destiny in the hands of this reckless girl! She said we had to get to her grandmother's house right away for help. What are those things running back and forth on the road? Why are they making that loud, annoying noise? Hmm. And why is Nora waving her arms about? Did she want them to stop? Too bad nobody did, as she's no princess. We kept wandering until we saw something which Nora called a truck parked on the roadside. She rushed over, then helped me onto the back of it. Oh, it was full of bananas. I stuffed my mouth full of them to ward off my starvation, while the scenery kept changing. That thing stopped, 
and we immediately got off before getting caught. I held her tight, frightened of all the people around us. They kept staring at me. And what kind of style was that? They all looked very peculiar. Maybe they were just commoners. Then we used our power to demand a man to take us to Nora's grandma's. Oh, it was exhausting. What? The outside is actually beautiful, sparkling with all those lights. And there are exhibitions of everything in the world, such as food, toys, flowers, and even creatures. Yes, everything. But the most important thing was that my eyes didn't get sore looking at those shiny things at all. Nora's grandma seems kind, but her home is full of the strangest of items. While Nora told her what had happened, I found myself bewitched by the talking black box on the wall. Suddenly, Nora's grandma led us to her far smaller truck and took us to somewhere called the Cops. They all wore these same funny outfits and bombarded us with dozens of confusing questions. And what exactly is an ID card? A few days later, there was news that the cops had caught my so-called dad, grandma, and maids also. As predicted, he was a womanizer, so when his lovers asked him to support his children, he was so afraid that his wife would find out that he took these children and locked them away in the castle. They're currently awaiting something called a trial, which Nora says is where bad people get their comeuppance. Whoa, the world outside is so busy. I didn't realize there'd be so many unmasked faces. And that strange talking box still startles me, especially when someone is holding a weapon. Nora says when I've adjusted to my new life a little more, I'll start school with her. And one day I'll even learn how to drive one of those smaller trucks. But firstly, she's teaching me how to dress like other people do and use this brick to communicate with them. This world is puzzling, but I'm sure with Nora's help, I'll soon find my feet. Even if it's just so I can learn how to reply to my dashing neighbor. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little, though he was skeptical he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly, and finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. 
I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About ten minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution! Wet floor! But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. 
I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Hey, yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, 
I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. <sighs> Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again? I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. Mrs. Dunn, I can't let you in. The head of the mansion's security said sternly, blocking my way to the helipad. He used to be good to me. That's right, I'm Mrs. Dunn. It's my house too. Get out of my way or I'll fire you. I didn't even think I could be so bossy. Your husband said that you are deprived of your right to property. It is true, temporarily. This square cretin coldly wrapped out and smiled disgustingly. You want to know why it all turned against me? Well, okay. My name is April, and this is the story of how I married the ugliest but richest guy for his money. I freaked out and went to the garage, where my faithful personal driver was always waiting for me. But the driver refused to drive me too. He just looked at me in disappointment and said that after what I'd done, he wouldn't even let me get in the car. But we're friends, help me. I pounded my fists desperately on the limo glass. 
Mr. Dunn is my friend too. I never imagined that you could hurt his heart so much. The driver shook his head and turned away. Well, I don't care. I'll take a cab myself. While I was hailing a cab, it started pouring rain, and they wouldn't even let me under the roof. Everyone in the mansion hated me. Although having lived in poverty for a long time, I imagined life in the mansion as something fabulous. You think this is going to be a story about a poor gray mouse that no one noticed? No, it wasn't quite like that. That's the thing, I've always been beautiful. I didn't have any money for makeup, but even without it, guys liked me. In fact, it was for my natural beauty that they valued me. But our life is not a love affair. Beauty doesn't matter to many people, if you don't have a scent. First of all, my terrible worn clothes ruined everything. Even the guys who liked me didn't dare go out with me because they just get laughed at. Secondly, my mother worked as a janitor at school and was strict with everyone. She was always trying to protect me, but it didn't help because I was an outcast for the rest of high school. I had a hard time getting into college. It was there that I finally began to feel like a normal person. The students didn't pay as much attention to my status. I realized this when all of us, poor and rich alike, gathered for a student initiation ceremony. There were several hundred of us in the gym. Everyone was having fun. And then paint came pouring down from the ceiling. It was really cool. Then the senior men handed out water pistols. We poured water on each other. And student life would have been fine if I hadn't, out of habit, avoided people. I had only one friend, Ellie. I was blowing guys off because I was ashamed of myself. But then there he was, my future husband. There was a rumor going around college that Dylan Dunn was going to appear in person at the session. All the girls were excited, and some of them even changed their looks to get attention. Ha, <laughs> Dylan Dunn. Is that shirt for Dee Dee? That is so ridiculous. I was amused by his first and last name. But Ellie didn't share my humor. This is the son of Alan Dunn himself. Someday his designs will eclipse the glory of Apple. So that's what this is about? Is it all about the money? I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. He is a millionaire, and he must be so handsome that our athletes can't compare to him. No one has ever seen him before. Indeed, Dylan was not on any social network. The mysterious millionaire. And there were a lot of rumors flying around about him. Some of the girls even suggested that Dylan and his family were mysterious vampires with unimaginable wealth, like in Twilight. But the guys were only leaning towards one theory, that Dylan Dunn was just a rich jerk. And then the day X came. Dylan arrived at the college in a fancy limousine. Everyone was shocked. The limo door swung open all by itself. The girls gathered around in anticipation to see how the handsome man would step outside and the sun would sparkle on his cold, pale skin. All these dreams were shattered by amicable laughter and whistling. Out of the limousine came a guy as ridiculous as possible. Nickname Dee Dee suited him perfectly. He was unnaturally thin, with long, bleached hair. Instead of a classy, stylish suit, he wore stretched, shapeless clothes. On the first day, Dylan was named the ugliest guy in the entire college. But you know what surprised me the most? The girls still ran after him. I don't get it. It's about the money again. I was pacing around my friend's room, fiddling with a pillow. People don't care about your looks as long as you have money. 
Ellie calmly watched how the contents of her pillow were flying all over the room. And you think that's normal? I hate greedy people. April, relax. My friend even stood up. Why does that worry you so much? Because I've never held more than a thousand bucks in my life. I've never had any money, and greenbacks ruined my life in high school. Everybody's so obsessed with it, they forget about humanity. And then I noticed that my friend's entire room was like covered in snow. I destroyed all the pillows. The worst part was realizing that secretly, I wanted to be rich too. I told Ellie one thing, and in my head I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted, for once, to feel what it was like to be rich. And soon, I had a chance to find out. In front of a pair, Ellie caught me in the hallway and took me aside. Dylan likes you! Her eyes lit up with excitement. Why would you think that? He looks at you in that way. And half the girls in college want to kill you for it. That's ridiculous. I turned away and suddenly bumped into Dylan. The weirdo stared at me without blinking. And then he held out his skinny hand and smiled. Oh no. Or, oh yes. What should I do? My head simply shut off at this moment. It's not just a guy, it's a millionaire. If I reciprocate, then all my troubles will disappear on their own. I would have money. On the other hand, I didn't want to stoop to those who chase guys for money. And Dee Dee, though a ridiculous freak, is still a human being. I couldn't do that to him. And you already know that I couldn't resist the temptation for long. It all started with gifts. Dylan didn't dare give them to me personally. He'd toss them to me or give them to me through the guards. And he himself watched me closely from a distance. At first, I just ignored the gifts, and then I started giving them back. Dylan, don't waste your money and my nerves. I don't want anything from you. I'm sorry, but you are not my type. I returned the unlimited membership to the best spa center in town that he'd given me. Dylan said money was such a small thing. The most important thing is a person's soul. And then he added that he could see he wasn't my type. But he didn't understand that, because other girls are not repulsed by his looks at all. I had to tell him the truth, and I told him honestly that for a purse full of millions, they're ready for many things. I know, he answered with a smile. That's why I like you. Accept my gift. It's from the bottom of my heart. You barely know me. Why all this? Dylan said that I was the only one and that he really liked me. Me? Oh, look, what a beautiful bird. I shouted and ran away like a complete fool while he was looking in the direction I had pointed. My head was filled with all kinds of thoughts. I didn't like Dylan at all, but he liked me. What's more, he is willing to shower me with money just for talking to him. And that's when my head exploded. I started talking to Dylan, and then I started pretending that I liked him. And the more I pretended, the more generous he was. It's true, I had to transfer to distance learning. It became dangerous to be in college. Dylan's admirers gave me hell. Of course they thought it was because I was beautiful, so the main blow fell on my appearance. They pelted me with all sorts of nasty stuff and ruined my clothes. But the most cringeworthy part was ahead. They grabbed me and put a lot of self-tanner on me and one of them took out a hair clipper and shaved me bald. I ended up being a bald bronze statue. But Dylan didn't turn his back on me and started spending even more money on me. And then we flew to Paris. 
and he proposed to me right at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I couldn't refuse. It wasn't out of love. But I tried to kid myself that getting married would make him happy and me rich. Everyone will remain on the plus side. Ellie didn't approve of my position. That is so low. I don't believe you will do that. You're the one who disapproved of the pursuit of wealth, and now you're one of those dolls? She didn't even look at me, turned her back to the window. And then she continued, you're taking advantage of him. I can't believe my friend has turned into such a monster. And we had a fight. She didn't even come to my fancy wedding. Now I was fabulously rich, but that didn't make me any happier. Money didn't warm my soul. And the longer I lived in Dylan's mansion, the worse I felt. Everyone here adored my husband for his kindness. Already at the age of 19, he was contributing huge sums to charity. What's more, as it turned out, he used to be handsome. Dylan ruined his own looks to show everyone that beauty is not the main thing. And he loved me very much. Everyone at the mansion respected and appreciated me, but no one knew what a snake I really was. The situation worsened when I realized I was falling in love with my husband. That's wonderful, you'll say. No, it's a total fiasco, I will answer. At least I used to be able to lie and play my part. But the warmer I felt about him, the harder it was to deal with my conscience. I wish I'd told him the truth right away, but I didn't. I don't know how we found out, but maybe Ellie did. Dee Dee drove away, and I was left in a mansion with people who hated me. That's why I was waiting for a cab in the pouring rain. I knew where Dylan was going. That's why I followed him, to tell him how I felt. Dylan, I love you for real. I couldn't hold back my tears, and I hugged him, but he pulled away. Why should I believe you? You're such a good liar. Dylan, I'm ready to lose all the money. I'm ready to go back to that trailer where I spent my entire childhood, as long as you forgive me and believe in my feelings. You don't have to give me a dime for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. This conversation went on for a long time, and Dylan said he'd give me another chance, but now everyone would be watching me closely. I paid the price for my greed by losing people's trust, lost a friend, and almost lost my husband. There's only one conclusion to be drawn. Greed ruins lives, turning people into animals. Have you ever succumbed to greed? Share your stories in the comments. Like this video and send it to your friends. That night, I stood in front of the student lockers and stuffed a bunch of letters into them. Suddenly, the alarm rang and a security guard came. Huh? No one's here? Hmm, maybe it's just some mic. After he left, I breathed a sigh of relief because I wasn't discovered. <laughs> Can you guys guess where I am? <laughs> I'm here, on top of a closet with a super cool hiding pose like Elastic Girl. Hi, I'm Annie, 17 years old. Currently, I'm studying in the most disciplined boarding school on Holly Island, England. The school that could make any student tremble when they hear its name. If you misbehaved just once, you would be severely disciplined. Unfortunately for that school, I'm the girl who was born to break every single rule. At this place, it was mandatory to follow a set of rules which included no romance, no defamation, no phone in class. If we broke any of these three, it would either leave an ugly remark on our school records or get us expelled. Still, the school believed they were very merciful because phones were allowed in the dormitory. 
But little did they know that the phone signals and network there were so weak that our phones were practically useless. We couldn't contact each other at all. So I came up with a bold business idea. Using letters to communicate, I'd be the mailwoman and charge them accordingly. But occasionally, I ran into a few problems. Once, when I was secretly putting a letter from Mary into her boyfriend's locker, the superintendent mm. caught me. Eddie, show me that piece of paper. I tried to run away, but he helped me back. When he thought he was about to catch the mastermind behind the mailing service, he opened the paper and saw nothing but scribbles inside. What does this mean? Is there a rule that prohibits drawing, sir? The superintendent got angry and left. Are you surprised? While running away, I switched Mary's letter with the one bowl of scribbles that I had prepared in case I got caught. Smart, right? <laughs> but not every time I was able to escape so smoothly. Two months ago, during one of my mailing trips during the night, I had to go to the parking lot. I was tying the letter neatly under the oak tree when suddenly a light flashed at me. Who's there? Afraid of being discovered, I slipped behind a pickup truck and climbed into it to hide. Suddenly, the truck started to roar and sped away. I was so scared that I slammed on the truck's door. Drop me down! I'm right here! The truck braked and a young man screamed angrily. Are you nuts? Why did you climb here? It was a very strange looking man. I had never huh? seen him at school before. He introduced himself as Alvin, the new school janitor. When Alvin was asking me why I was at school in the middle of the night, accidentally, a bunch of letters from my coat fell down on the ground. I hastily picked them up. Oh, you're the operator of the secret mailing service. Nope. So why else would you come to school at night with a pile of letters? Okay, fine, you're right. It's me, but you can't tell this to anyone. Hmm. Alvin agreed on one condition. He wanted to join my mailing service and get a share of the profits. Although I didn't oh. want to, I had to agree. After that day, Elvin officially became my partner in crime. I went to school by morning to study and broke into the school <laughs> by night to deliver letters with him. The number of people who wanted to send letters was increasing, and the purpose of the letters went from love confessing to attacking each other. One day, I received an anonymous <gasps> request to send a cursed letter to Farrell, the fearsome bully at my school. I didn't want to. However, Alvin convinced me to do it because the client would pay us a lot of money, so I hesitantly accepted. That night, I took the letter to Farrell's locker, but suddenly, there was a loud noise. Alvin quickly pushed me into the corner as footsteps were approaching. Who's there? We held our breath. Alvin held my hands tightly while our hearts pounded with fear. Who touched my locker? Realizing that we could not escape easily, Alvin came out to face Farrell and got beaten right away. The alarm bell rang loudly and the school security came immediately. I was about to rush out to save Alvin, but he ran away to distract him from seeing me. The very next day, Alvin was suspended from work. As for Farrell, because he had bribed the superintendent, he was released. It was so unfair. I quickly went to Alvin's home. When he saw me, he just sighed. Well, it was fun while it lasted, kid. Guess it's time for me to retire. No, I'll get justice for you! With that said, I left his house. In my mind, I decided to do one last mailing service. I would send my own letter to the principal. That evening, while waiting for the principal to leave, I snuck inside and placed a two-page letter pointing out the absurdity of the school and the darkness lurking behind its perfect image. Suddenly, the door to the principal's office was slammed shut. Out of nowhere, Pharaoh came to me with a baseball bat. <laughs> gotcha, male woman. He swung the bat repeatedly and broke all the furniture in the room when he accidentally hit a bookcase, causing the thick to 
fall on his head, I immediately dashed to the door. Pharaoh quickly grabbed me, but unfortunately, the principal showed up in the nick of time. He and the superintendent hurriedly stopped Pharaoh. After Pharaoh and I were sent to the supervisor's room to reflect on our wrongdoings, suddenly there was a knock on the door. When the door opened, I was shocked to see Alvin in a smart suit. Pharaoh, you're expelled due to school vandalism and intentionally causing injury. What? Pharaoh angrily launched at Alvin, but he immediately stopped his sponge. What are you to expel me? I'm the inspector of the National Department of Education. I was sent here to investigate violations and complaints about the school. Security, get him out. I was really shocked to learn this fact. It turned out that Alvin had broken into the school under the mask of a janitor to investigate and protect his true identity. Soon after, the security took Pharaoh out. The principal appeared right after that. He smashed my letter to the table. How dare you insult our sacred school rules? I'm not insulting anything. You must see how ridiculous these hmm. rules are. They're making the students suffer. Suddenly, Alvin poured out from his coat a lot of letters from the students. They were letters complaining about the school's strict rules, along with many photos of bullying and bribery. You'll have to think twice when looking at these. The principal picked them up as his <gasps> eyes widened. After a while, he made a shocking decision. Bring those who took bribes to the court, expel those who were violent, and at the same time, repeal all previous rules. From there, students can freely connect with each other, use their phones to study, and give honest feedback on the quality of teaching. As for me, it was illegal to break into the school at night to send letters, so I was still disciplined. But thanks to those letters, everything came to light, so I was quickly allowed to go back to school normally. As for Elvin, after settling everything, he returned to the Department <laughs> of Education to report on the results. I really hope to see Elvin again one day to thank him personally. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... She's so pretty, just like a real-life Barbie. I wish my hair was as shiny and blonde as hers. This is what people think of me. But all I ever wanted was just to be a normal teenage girl, like everyone else. You see, ever since I was little, I stood out with my platinum blonde hair and turquoise eyes. People have always said I look like a Barbie. Hey, some of them even call me Barbie. My mom's always been super proud of my looks. She used to put me in princess dresses and sign me up for kids' talent shows, which I more often than not won. This led to media attention, and soon, I was invited to model for some big brands. Back then, I was super excited about this. I loved all the praise and pampering, but unexpectedly, it was that early fame that made me gradually lose my freedom. Nora, go get dressed. Quickly, I'm not showing up late for Anna's party. Yes, mom, I replied as I reluctantly grabbed the clothes my mom had laid out on my bed. Nora, your natural hair is so beautiful. Before I even had a chance to reply, mom was in there bragging about my natural blonde hair. Natural? Yeah, right. So it has nothing to do with the fact mom makes me bleach it once a month? <laughs> she made a huge deal a few months ago when she noticed my hair beginning to slightly darken. 
Then mom dragged me from person to person, boasting to them about my achievements. Ugh, this was so tedious. So when she was absorbed in convo with some guy, I sneaked over to the food table and grabbed a slice of cake. I was about to put it in my mouth when suddenly, from behind, my mother's stern voice resounded. Nora, put that down this instance. Huh? It's just a small piece of cake. I was hardly going to balloon up after eating it. Then without giving me time to argue, she snatched it out of my hand and said, Eat that, and you'll have to skip dinner and do cardio for one hour to burn all those calories off. Do you still want it? Jeez, there's no point arguing with mom. So I grabbed my drink and went to the corner of the room. I was fiddling with my glass and feeling totally fed up when suddenly a guy came up to me and almost caused me to spill my drink. Oh my God, it's Philip, the hottest teen model in the scene right now. Sorry, um, are you Nora? I've heard a lot about you, but why are you standing here all alone? Ah, it's because I'm not really into parties like this. So we're the same. Then we started chatting, and before Philip left, he asked for my number. After that, he texted me every evening. Talking to him was so much fun. He was just so sweet and thoughtful, and he always sent me the funniest memes. How cute! One day, while we were chatting, he texted me, Can I invite you to dinner? Let's say, tomorrow evening? Ah, oh, was he asking me out on a date? Yay! But I had to ask mom's permission first. Ugh. Mom, do you remember Philip, who we met at Anna's birthday party? Can I go to dinner with him tomorrow? Sure, I'll, I'll drive you there. No need, Mom. Philip will pick me up. No, I said I'll take you. No matter what I said, Mom still insisted. And if I didn't follow, she wouldn't let me go. Jeez. This was a date, not a fashion show that required a manager. The next evening, as soon as I walked down the stairs, my mom was at it again. Oh, my, what are you wearing? Before I had a chance to reply... Mom pulled me into my room, took out a bodycon dress, and said, You put so much effort into looking this way, so you may as well flaunt it. Besides, dating this boy could bring business deals for us. Gosh, I get it now. All this was just about fame and money. There Philip was. I quickly fixed my hair, then I confidently walked towards him. But when I had just sat down, before I could even greet him, out of nowhere, my mother appeared and asked the waiter to arrange another chair for her. Philip gave me this bewildered look, but I didn't know what was going on either. Mom, what are you doing? We've always been together. You don't mind if I sit here, do you? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Philip smiled awkwardly. Ugh, this was so embarrassing. When the waiter appeared with the menus, I was actually glad of the distraction. Oh no, I didn't even have the chance to open the menu, but mom had already finished ordering for us both. Grilled salmon with salad and no dressing. Ugh, how boring. Oh, but it gets worse. During dinner, my mom kept asking Philip questions like, What do your parents do? Oh, they only run a small business. I thought they were the presidents of a corporation or something. It's unbearable. Stop it. 
It's none of your business. I was just asking. A flustered-looking Philip made up some excuse about having to do something. Then he left. That's it. Thanks to my mom, my first date completely failed. Frustrated, I left right after he did. I didn't say a word to mom for the whole journey home. Things didn't end there, though. When we arrived home, she kept nagging about how I shouldn't hang out with Philip as he wouldn't be of any use to my career. Don't you think you're being too much? I can date whoever I want to. You know what? I don't want you to be my manager anymore, and I'll be moving out on my own. Then I rushed back to my room and started packing. Honey, I was just worried about you. I'm sorry, she said and hugged me while sobbing. Please, don't leave me like your dad did. I can't live without you. Hearing that, my heart fell. She was right. Ever since Dad left, there was only her taking care of and loving me. She's a bit tough and over-controlling, yet she meant well, right? I texted Philip a few times to apologize, but he didn't reply. Nora, look straight. Nora, where has your charisma gone? Let's take a short break. What's going on? You seem distracted today. I sighed and started telling Eleanor about my date with Philip. Gosh, your mom's a total control freak. You need to be strong and stand up against her to win your freedom. Well, of course I wanted freedom, but where should I start? Suddenly my phone beeped and stopped my train of thoughts. It was mom. Honey, Anna's sick, so I'm staying at hers tonight. Dinner's in the fridge, and don't forget to go on the treadmill an hour before bed. Love you. Yay! Tonight I'd be free and do whatever I want. So suddenly, I came up with a brilliant idea. Yes, I was going to have a slumber party. Eleanor suggested we should order pizzas, and of course everyone excitedly agreed. So good. Suddenly, the door opened. My eyes widened in horror when I saw that it was my mom, and oh boy, she looked furious. Nora, what on earth are you doing? And you can guess the rest. She made all my friends leave, and worse, she forced me to wake up at 5 a.m. to work out. All this just because of a bite of pizza. Eleanor was right. I needed to put a stop to this by finally standing up to her. This is unbearable. So, as a stress reliever the next day, I decided to do something I always wanted. Wow, it's so cute. I know, right? It feels good to do what I want for a change. Nora? Why are you here? How come you didn't answer any of my calls? Startled, I turned around to see my mother standing there glaring at me. I quickly covered the tattoo on my wrist with my other hand, but it was too late. Nora, how dare you get a tattoo without my permission? Get back in there and get it removed right away. No, mom. My body, my choice. From now on, I'll make decisions about my own life. Everyone on the street stopped to look at us. Seeing that, Mom just glared at Eleanor, then dragged me over to the car. But how did she know I was at the tattoo studio? Right at that moment, my phone buzzed with an unknown AirTag device nearby. Wait, could it be? I quickly checked my stuff and oh my god, it's true. Mom had stuck an AirTag into a hidden corner of my bag. Why did you attach an air tag to my bag? 
So I'm aware when you do stupid things like tarnishing your body with some awful tattoo. As soon as possible, you're getting it removed. I'm 18. I can do what I want. Eleanor was right. You just want to turn me into a puppet to control. I knew it. Nora, I forbid you to hang out with that girl ever again. She's jealous of you and wants to ruin your career. She just wanted to help me. Your behavior isn't acceptable. And she pulled me into my room and locked the door. You can stay there until you see sense. I banged on the door and shouted till my voice was hoarse, but it was no use. Three days passed. Mom still brought me food, but she refused to let me out. Oh no. Did she want to keep me here forever? I hurriedly called Eleanor for help, but it didn't work. Why didn't she answer the phone? Then suddenly I saw an article reporting that a model had spoken up about how Eleanor had been tricking her to steal her vedette spot for a famous designer's upcoming show. And that model was... Me? Impossible. That did not happen at all. And I have not been in contact with the press. Then a thought crossed my mind. Mom? That's right. As my manager, she must have said this to the media to defame Eleanor. Meanwhile, Eleanor must think it was me who did all this. Ugh, no wonder she was ignoring my calls. Angry and disappointed with Mom's behavior, I decided to confide in my Twitter. Unexpectedly, after only 20 minutes, my post was shared quickly and the hashtag RescueNora was at the top of the search. But then my mom angrily came in and confiscated my phone. Don't expect someone to come here and save you. The next morning, I was awoken by loud noises from outside. Huh? What was going on? I went to the window and saw a crowd of people holding signs, saying free Nora and let Barbie out. But wait a minute. I spotted some familiar faces. Eleanor and Philip. They were holding a big sign saying, we want to see Nora. Finally, under the pressure of the crowd, Mom was forced to release me. Honestly, I was grateful to the people who supported me, especially Eleanor and Philip. Thanks to them, I dared to finally break my mom's unreasonable control and grip and be myself. So, I decided to move into my own place. As for my mom, ugh, I want to forgive her, but it's hard. I just hope she realizes what she did was wrong. Then we can try to rebuild our relationship. Oh, and one more thing. From now on, I won't bleach my hair. Just to get doll hair like before. I decided to keep my natural hair color. It may affect my modeling career, but so what? It's my natural hair, and I like it. Anyway, as you can see, life's good, as I have my BFF Eleanor and my boyfriend Philip by my side. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Kim and I were taken to school in our car as usual. When we got to our destination, the driver opened the door and the umbrella for me while leaving Kim struggling with a broken one. 
She angrily threw the broken umbrella at me, but the driver <gasps> caught it just in time. Ugh, you'll pay for this, imposter. Hi, I'm Emily, 17 years old. I was born into poverty and lived with my single mom in a small town in Coventry. Life was difficult, but I was happy to have a loving mom. But little had I known, my life was about to take a drastic turn. That morning, when I looked out the window, I saw two scary men dressed in black approaching our house. They exchanged urgent words with my mom, and a moment later, she suddenly kicked my door wide open. Emily, it's time I let you know the truth. You're adopted. Your real dad has come to bring you home. What the hell? I was adopted? Suddenly, these two men spoke to me. Lady, please follow us. I was so scared that I wanted to run away, but they easily picked me up and put me into the car. In just a blink, the car stopped in front of a large mansion. Oh my god, could my real dad be the US president? Of course not, but his profile was nothing short of amazing. He's the chairman of the International WOA Electronic Corporation. When he saw me, he rushed to hug me emotionally. However, contrary to his happiness, there was a very annoyed girl standing right behind him. My dad released me and smiled. Ah, uh, this is Kim, my other daughter. She's the girl who was swapped with you at the hospital. It turned out that due to some negligence, Kim and I were mistakenly swapped after we were born. I was about to greet Kim, but she immediately pushed me away. This is stupid. And left. That was so rude. Well, she'll have to accept it whether she likes it or not. From now on, you two will stay together. What about Mom? She was supposed to pick Kim up, but it's strange that I can't contact her anymore. It was <gasps> unbelievable that after my mom had received the money from my real dad, she suddenly disappeared without a trace. Having no choice, Kim and I stayed in two different rooms next to each other. Hmm. Dad often had to go to work, so there was just me and her at home. Kim was a very wasteful girl who never wore anything more than once. Seeing so many luxurious new clothes of hers in the trash, I decided to wash them myself and kindly put them on her bed. However, when she returned, she angrily threw those clothes at me. How dare you put trash on my bed? Are you crazy? I washed them for you. They're still new. Nobody asked you to. Take them then, you dirt poor maniac. Then Kim kicked me out of the room and slammed the door. How spoiled. She needed to be taught a lesson. The very next day when dad was handing me a credit card and telling me to buy the things I needed, Kim screamed at the top of her lungs. All of her credit cards had exceeded the limit and were temporarily locked. Dad, why did you lock my cards? How should I buy a present for Tim? For all those wondering, Tim is Kim's boyfriend, a good-for-nothing douchebag. I don't understand how she could fall for a guy like that, though. I guess birds of a feather flock together. In addition, her obnoxious personality had made her super unpopular with the house staff. The way they treated me and her were completely different. Once, I saw the maid purposefully not cleaning Kim's dishes and talking badly behind her back. Every morning, no one cared to polish Kim's shoes or open the umbrella for her when we got out of the car. That's why our relationship became even more strained. Kim hated me and thought that I was the reason she was treated so unfairly. I definitely won't let this slide. And unlucky for me, she kept her words. On the first day I attended the fencing class at my new school, I was confused and clumsy because I had never been exposed to such a sport. Even worse, Kim and I were set to be a pair. 
As soon as the instructor told us to start, Kim attacked me with ferocity. Wait, stop. I never fought with a saber. Then suffer, you dumbass. She slashed at me without missing a single shot. I was so angry that I threw my saber straight at her face, but she quickly avoided it. Unfortunately, it knocked our instructor's wig off and revealed his bald head. In the end, Kim and I had to stay behind to clean up the chemistry class as punishment. While cleaning the kit, she accidentally dropped the bottle of acid on the ground. Watch out! I lunged forward and quickly pushed him away. Just a bit later and we might have been seriously injured with acid. Kim looked at me fearfully. We stayed silent on the way home that day while being covered in the awkward atmosphere in the car. That night I tossed and turned, unable to sleep because of the pain from the fencing practice. Ouch! You okay? To my surprise, Kim appeared in front of my door. Turns out she came to ask for the clothes I washed the other day. Alright, her cards were locked so she couldn't buy any new ones. I agreed to give them back and in return she helped me to put on the painkiller lotion. We talked a lot and slowly she started opening up. Before you came here, Dad was always busy and rarely stayed at home. I throw a tantrum sometimes just to get his attention. Having said that, Kim giggled and started telling me about her pranks in the past. As she was speaking, she suddenly fell silent and mumbled, Thank you for saving me this afternoon and sorry for these bruises. Unexpectedly, Kim was more sincere than I thought. Thanks to that, we gradually became closer. <laughs> the next few days, when Kim and I went to school, we saw Kim's boyfriend shamelessly flirting with another girl. Kim angrily confronted him, but that douchebag violently pushed her to the ground. Isn't it clear? I'm dumping you, stupid. Then suddenly, he put his arm around my shoulder and whispered, I heard you're the real daughter. You deserve a wonderful man like <gasps> me. What a big fat jerk! I kneeped him in the stomach and pulled Kim away. Not only that, I poured super glue on his chair and later that day he had to go to the restroom with the chair still stuck to his butt while everyone laughed at him. Serves him right! In the days that followed, I also shared some of my allowance with Kim and with the experience of a used-to-be broke ass, I taught her how to save and appreciate money more. We soon became besties. <laughs> However, even though life at the mansion was good, I still missed my mom dearly. One day when I came home from school, I surprisingly saw my mom in my dad's study room. They were arguing fiercely with each other. When are you going to tell them that they weren't swapped? What? I pushed open the door and burst in, startling them both. They had no choice but to confess the truth. Turns out, because Kim's dad wanted to teach his daughter how to behave and spend money properly, he asked my mom to let me stay at his mansion in exchange for a huge amount of money. Feeling betrayed and disrespected, I packed up my things and left his mansion immediately despite Kim's attempts to call me multiple times. I left without contacting anyone for a day and stayed at the subway station at night. Just my luck, from a distance I saw Tim approaching me with a baseball bat. Gotcha. Finally left alone without those annoying bodyguards. You humiliated me in front of everyone. Saying that, that douchebag rushed towards me and I could only pray for a miracle. And it happened. Kim appeared out of nowhere and used her saber to disarm him. Knowing better than anyone what a fearsome swordsman his ex was, he immediately ran away. Kim then turned to me. Are you okay? Why did you save me? Aren't you angry that I was an imposter who stole your life? Kim shook her head and smiled. 
Honestly, at first, I was afraid that everyone would love you more and abandon me. But you kindly reached out to me, even taught me how to be grateful for what I have. So stay with me, Emily. With that, we happily <laughs> hugged each other. Since then, Kim and I have become soulmates. Kim's dad and my mom apologized to us for hiding everything, then helped us start over. Everything is so much better now. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... in the middle of the night. After I rummaged through the fridge and stood up, a maid dropped the crockery in her hands the moment she saw my face. Ah! Ghost! Help! Immediately, my butler appeared, gagged her, and dragged her out. The next day, she was fired. I could understand why. It's because she had seen my devil-like face. Hi, I'm Jennifer, 17 years old. I was born into a rich and esteemed family in Maryland. My dad is the state governor and my mom is a talented politician. Therefore, our family's image is everything to us. Unfortunately, their only daughter, me, is a flawed child. Ever since I was little, I've had a large birthmark on my face. This made me ashamed of myself and my parents were also extremely hesitant to let me appear in public with them. Since I was small, I've overheard some people talking badly about my birthmark. Even my parents were always asking me to stay at home and if I wanted to go out, I would be accompanied by a bodyguard. They even went as far as hiring a private teacher to our mansion so I wouldn't have to go to school. Once, I carelessly walked into my dad's workroom without knowing that he was having a live interview. When I saw myself on the screen, I panicked and quickly grabbed the nearest thing beside me, which was a trash bin, to cover my head and sat down to hide. On the other end of the line, the interviewee laughed. Your daughter is so cute. In front of thousands of people watching it live, my dad smiled <laughs> wryly and replied, Oh, no, she's our maid. What? Before I could protest, my mom suddenly appeared, <gasps> put a feather brush in my hand, and then dragged me outside. Jennifer, be more mindful of whatever you do next time, understood? It was so ridiculous. Now I had to be careful in my own home. Honestly, I felt hurt, but that was not the only time my existence was denied. Every time we had guests, mom and dad would remind me to stay obediently in my room. In particular, once on Thanksgiving Day, they held a party and invited their work partners to attend. Once again, my mom told me not to show up. Sweetie, please stay in your room until the guests come home. Ugh, how terrible! Just how long would I have to hide like this? Sitting in my room for an hour, I started to feel bored. I decided to open the door a little to see what was going on outside. Suddenly, it pushed back toward me. Someone was trying to enter my room. I tried to close the door, but the other person was stronger, causing me to fall to the floor in pain. A young man walked in, looked at me in bewilderment while I panically covered my face with a nearby hat. Oh, sorry. I thought this was the bathroom. Your... Oh gosh, what should I say now? I was too embarrassed to look at him. The boy gently took off my hat and discovered that I was the girl in the many pictures that were hanging in my room. Fine, seemed like there was no point in lying now. Ahem, 
This room is mine. I'm the daughter of the state governor. I see. I'm Larry, the son of the city mayor. Larry reached out and shook my hand while I asked him to keep our encounter a secret. But why? I told him about the large birthmark on my face that might ruin my family's image, but to my surprise, he laughed a little, <laughs> touched my birthmark, and said, So we have something in common. A secret no one must know. I bet nobody could think that the city mayor's son suffers from a serious OCD. Larry smiled and told me that because of his disorder, sometimes he would adjust his father's tie while he was taking <gasps> photos with the senior politicians, and sometimes during the interview he would sit down to scrub the floor. Due to that, he often stayed away from his father to avoid ruining his image. It shocked me. No one had ever touched my face like that, nor telling me something so intimate before. He was also quite <laughs> handsome to boost. We had a good time talking until his dad told him to go home. Huh? After that day, Larry and I became soulmates. We used to talk to each other until 4 a.m. for several days in a row. <laughs> we even shared our passion hmm. for painting. He said he wanted to show me his best works, and of course I eagerly agreed. In order to get out of the house without being detected, I put a bunch of clothes under my blanket <laughs> to fool everyone into thinking I was sleeping. With Larry waiting for me downstairs, I was putting one foot out of the window <gasps> when suddenly my dad walked in. Jennifer, what are you doing? Stop now. Ignoring what he said, I clung to the rope and jumped down. Quickly, I climbed onto Larry's motorcycle. A group of my bodyguards chased after us, but he swiftly cut them off. We drove as fast as we could to his mansion. Larry led me into a secret room displaying a lot of paintings. <gasps> Suddenly, my dad called. I picked up the phone and heard his torrential scolding. Jennifer, go home now. Since when did you become so rebellious? Since you called me a maid and kept me imprisoned inside my own room. <sighs> After saying that, I hung up and turned off the power. All everyone cared about was my family's face, not my feelings. I burst into bitter tears, seeing that Larry slowly brought out a paintbrush and a palette. Shh, it's alright, don't cry. Why don't you put your feelings onto the canvas? I took his brush and started drawing. Occasionally, Larry painted a few strokes on my cheeks and giggled. I guessed it was his attempt to cheer me up. I had never felt so comfortable next to someone before. When we finished our paintings, the colors had already run out. Larry gave me a glass of orange juice and headed to the door. Take your time to enjoy the masterpiece you've just created. I'll get us some more color tubes. <laughs> Having said that, he left. In the meantime, I approached his bookshelf. Coincidentally, <gasps> while looking, I found a book about OCD. Wait, I panicked when I noticed something <gasps> unusual. Larry claimed to have OCD, but he played around with the brushes and colors with such ease and mischief. While I was still suspicious, my eyes suddenly blurred and everything went black. Is she awake yet? No? What should we do next, Dad? I opened my eyes. In front of me were Larry and an old man. It was his father, James, the city mayor. I felt hmm? my hands and feet <gasps> tied tightly. Only then did I realize the true face of my new friend. Oh, you're awake, Jennifer. Don't be so scared. It'll be over soon. It turned out that his dad would soon compete with mine in running for the state governor position. He planned this to force his opponent to resign. The phone rang and my dad was on the other end. Where is my daughter? Shut up and listen to me. James said that if my dad wanted to be safe, he must announce his resignation on live television. Fine, I'll do it. No, Dad! Don't do that! 
but he had already hung up, and shortly after, CNN immediately spread the news that my dad had withdrawn from the next governor election. Unbelievable! He really did it! James started untying me, but the moment I was released, the police siren sounded. Very angrily tried to hold me back, but I quickly threw him a roundhouse kick and knocked him out on the spot. That's for trying to mess with me and my family. <laughs> he didn't know that aside from painting, I'm also well-versed in martial arts. The police flooded in and arrested both James and Larry. My parents ran to me and hugged me emotionally. Are you okay, sweetie? Don't be so close to me. They'll know I'm your shameful child. But Dad patted my head and said they had never been ashamed of me. They were only trying to hide my existence out of fear that if our enemies found out about me, they would try to hurt me just like Larry and James did. It turned out that I had misunderstood them all this time. But what about the election? You faked your resignation to trick them, right? I've truly withdrawn from it. You are more important to me than anything else, Jennifer. I was so touched, so Mom and Dad really love me after all. Only then did I realize that they weren't ashamed of my birthmark, but were just trying to protect me all along. After that day, my parents decided to stop being involved in politics and lived a simpler life. At the end of his term, my dad moved us to Paris. I was no longer grounded, but was set free to explore the world. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.